Hi, I'm Randy Nichols. I'm trying to find the right angle. You know, one of my favorite moments ever on TV was after what was a pretty bad scandal for Christians. A guy who was a leader of an evangelical association was caught in a homosexual relationship and with drugs. And, of course, the the media loved this. And they were milking it for all it's worth. But Tucker Carlson, who is now on Fox News every night getting incredible ratings, was the sort of token conservative at MSNBC at the time. And they would bring him out whenever they wanted to represent the conservative side a bit more. And he usually did a pretty good job. After this scandal, though, they brought him out again, asked him questions that would just show how this story really undermined the conservative message, that undermined the evangelicals. At the end of the segment, though, he said, Hey, can I just quickly say something in defense of hypocrisy? I remember the woman kind of chuckled and said, Well, you can try. I'll never forget. He goes, You know, if you are always living up to your standards, then maybe your standards just aren't very high. That is, it's possible your standards just aren't high enough. Boom. I remember thinking, Wow, he just used the failure of a conservative to show the inadequacy of liberalism. You know, we we do have to uphold the law, and God's law should not be watered down. Only then does grace really matter. Grace isn't just letting everybody off the hook. You can't just throw grace around to everyone without an understanding of the need. If you do, a lot of people would be like, cool, thanks, and continue living without regard for God's law. Grace is forgiveness for after you really understand your need for it. Having said that, once you do understand the law and everyone's failure in achieving it, the Christian message to the world is not stop sinning, although that's definitely included in the mix as our goal. But we're not just saying, hey, stop doing all that bad stuff. Our main message to the world is, You can't stop sinning, and you need grace just like us. You know, I heard a Christian leader once who's who's actually a really good guy, but he said one time, grace is always flowing down in a certain place in a certain area, and we have to get in line at that place to receive the grace that's flowing down. And that place is living according to the law. I was like, what? After hearing that, I remember saying to myself, that's not grace at all, that's law. That is a works-based salvation. You're basically redefining a term so that it means the opposite. I also remember a politician I respect who was actually in my theological camp once said in an interview when he was discussing his faith, his testimony, I know I have certainly fallen from grace many times. And I thought, okay, uh, that's a term I hear a lot. Uh, And he was trying to be humble and meant well. But I was immediately thinking, he doesn't understand what he's saying. Does he think he lost his salvation a few times? When people use this term, 
and they'll say someone fell from grace, they usually mean that person was living up to a certain standard and then they messed up really bad. Does that mean that person was living under God's grace, but now they are disqualified from it? If that's true, what is grace then? First of all, let's take a look at where does this phrase come from? The biblical quote, you have fallen from grace, comes from Galatians 5, 4. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Even a quick read of this verse itself, even without the context, will tell you that we've been misusing the phrase. It reads, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. So in this verse, what is it that causes you to fall out of God's grace? Is it sinning really badly? Is it not living up to a standard of some kind? No, it is, in fact, trying to be justified by your works, by the law. The verse is actually talking about trying to earn salvation through your works. If you think your works are good enough to save you, then of course you aren't relying on God's grace because you don't think you need it. That means, first, you see the law or what you believe the law is saying which maybe you have watered down. Uh, and then you look at your attempts to live up to it, and you're pleased, which also may mean you are seeing what you want to see about yourself. If, and if that's the case, he's saying here, you have alienated yourself from any relationship to God through Jesus Christ because that relationship is supposed to be based on Christ's righteousness, not ours. This is literally the opposite of what people mean. Most think that when you fall from grace, it's by messing up really bad. A grave sin or a long bout with doubt, maybe. The opposite is true. Falling from grace means you feel like you are nailing the Christian life. You are living up to God's law. You demand others, maybe, apply some aspects of the law that you deem important which you have applied and you think disqualifies them if they don't follow suit. It's legalism is what it is. The truth is that you are fallen from grace if you stop depending on grace. That is, if you think your performance or checking off everything on a list is what has saved you. In the context of this verse, Paul is talking about circumcision, discussing how that is not demanded by the early church for salvation. Some were still trying to demand it. They were teaching, you have to first become a Jew in the practicing ceremonial way because they were God's people in the Old Testament. But rituals and performance don't add anything to your salvation. If you think it does, if you think things like that add to your salvation, he says, you have fallen from grace. One better way to say it is those who know that they could never earn or live up to a salvation or do a ritual or ceremony that makes up for it completely have actually fallen into grace. And that's what we all should do.
think I know what they mean, though. The person who is living in grace is trying to obey. They aren't perfect, and they don't think they are. They're not exactly pulling it off, but they are meeting a certain standard or close, and they repent whenever they fall a little. And when someone falls big from that life and doesn't look like they can recover, they have fallen from that life of grace. I think it's safe to say this idea comes from a Catholic understanding of the Christian life. The idea being that grace is there, but you have to keep getting it, and a certain amount of good behavior is expected of you to stay in the good graces. Um, It's certainly true if a person falls from living a decent life while depending on God's grace, and they fall so bad into sin that they think they can't be forgiven, or they don't want to try anymore. That is certainly falling from grace. When you, when you fail miserably, it is tempting to quit or to complain that it's too hard or something. It, it is sometimes difficult to face God after a big failure, to face him again and again. But God's mercy is everlasting. We remember that the scripture says, in Lamentations it says, His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. He will forgive over and over again as he himself commands. Jesus says to the disciples to forgive 70 times, 7 times. He means never stop giving people another chance when they sincerely repent. He, of course, being the perfect father, surpasses this abundantly in his forgiveness of us. You know, in the Beatitudes, the part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus states, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The spiritually poor, that is. The one who realizes their spiritual poverty will inherit the kingdom of God. So recognizing your spiritual need for God is the pathway to heaven. He also says, Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. The idea being that sincerely mourning for your own sin has a positive effect spiritually in the fight against that sin. There's a preacher I enjoy listening to who said about that, notice it doesn't say, blessed are they that moan. Moaning for your sin or whining about how hard the fight is will not help your situation. I've certainly been guilty of that. And sometimes we say, I can't do this. And we mean, I want to quit. This is too hard. We should say, I can't do this. And then fall onto God's grace. Fall into God's grace. That means rely on his power. Our inability should make us depend on him even more. So if, if you really mourn for your failure... Sincere repentance and faith in God will result in restoration. And your positive experience of forgiveness, along with the bitter experience of the consequences of the sin, will work in your favor.
so we ask ourselves, do we really believe God? Do we trust in his discipline? You may have heard about C.S. Lewis talking about how when we sin, it's not that our desires are too strong for us, but that they're too weak. We are settling for the world's pleasures like sex and ambition when an infinite joy is being offered to us. He compares it to an ignorant child continuing to play with mud pies in the slums rather than accept an offer to a holiday at the sea because he just can't imagine it. He can't grasp how wonderful it will be. He says in this way, we are actually far too easily pleased by giving in to sinful desires. Psalm 1611 says, at God's right hand are pleasures forevermore. Drew Dick was talking recently about how parenting is really a crash course in theology. You know, you have someone as a parent who is made in your image, the child who you love so desperately you can hardly stand it, but half the time they are convinced you're actually trying to make them miserable. When in fact, you are doing everything you can for their ultimate good. The fact is, our misuse of this phrase, falling from grace, tells you how much we have misunderstood grace. Falling from grace isn't giving in to big sin. Because grace doesn't only come to those who are living right. It comes to many who need it more. Those who realize how much they need it. So don't worry about falling from grace. Be concerned about whether you have ever actually fallen into grace. You will only fall into God's grace if you believe him. You believe what he has to say. You believe you really need him. And you believe he loves you like he says he does. Don't trust your own heart. Trust in his heart. I'm Randy Nichols, and I'm looking for the right angle. This is Randy Nichols. Be sure to follow the right angle on social media. The Right Angle page on Facebook, at Right Angle Pod C1 on Twitter, and Right Angle Pod on Instagram. Thank you.